Well, the quotation in our gospel today presents us with something of an interesting puzzle. St. Luke is familiar with the Septuagint, or the Greek version of the prophet Isaiah, and he interprets it to read, A voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. He sees this, of course, as a reference to St. John the Baptist, who's in the desert. But the interesting thing is, if you go back to the, the original Hebrew of Isaiah, it seems, and I say seems because, of course, Hebrew does not have any punctuation, doesn't even have any vowels, so it's sometimes hard to interpret, but uh, it seems that the more original meaning of the passage is the voice of one crying out, in the desert prepare the way of the Lord. So that, that raises a kind of interesting question for us. Where is the right place to prepare the way of the Lord? And we know, of course, that the answer to that question is in our hearts. We just sang that in our entrance hymn this morning. It is our hearts that are the place, that are the desert, that must be prepared for the Lord. It is the mountains of our pride, where we try to work our own way up to God, uh, that must be humbled and brought low. It is the, the dark, hidden valleys of our hidden sins and our weaknesses that must be raised up and exposed to the light of Christ. And in that way, our hearts become prepared for the Lord. And that is what the Advent season really is all about, preparing our hearts for the coming of Christ. Now, our second reading today, we hear really the same message, but St. Paul says it to us in a different way, and he gives us a good insight here. He says, This is my prayer, that your love may increase ever more and more in knowledge and every kind of perception. Why? To discern what is of value. To discern what is of value. What are our values? What is important? What is valuable to us? You know, this past Friday uh, was St. Nicholas Day, which is everybody's favorite holiday, but especially mine, because he is my patron. And uh, th- this time of the year, I always remember a, a moment that happened when I was younger. You may have heard me tell this story before, but uh, I always remember it. The One year, the day before St. Nicholas Day, I had a terrible fight with my mom. I don't remember what it was about now, but we had a, a huge argument that evening, and she said to me, you go write a letter of apology to me right now, or St. Nicholas will not be coming for you tomorrow because, you know, St. Nick knows whether you've been naughty or nice. And so I, you know, I did. I wrote a, a letter of apology and I'm sure that it began with, I'm sorry. But I ended it with, and remember, Mom, the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you. Your darling son, you know. <laughs> So needless to say, St. Nicholas did not come the next day for me. <laughs> and, but why is that? Think about that. Like, for St. Nick, I mean, his, one of his great values, the whole uh, kind of idea of his, his ministry there is that he loves to make little children happy, right? But what about this one poor, lonely, miserable child who didn't get anything on St. Nicholas Day? Why didn't he care about him? Because, of course, as indeed every little child should know, for St. Nicholas, obedience is a higher value than making somebody happy. What about our values? You know, do, we, do we have a clear sense of our values? And are we willing to live by them, even if that means making someone else unhappy? 
Of course, the real challenge is when we, we find that our values are in conflict with one another. That's why St. Paul says here, we have to discern what is of value. A good uh, example of this as becoming very popular in our society today, even among Catholics, are um, people who say, well, I'm not going to raise my children in any particular faith. I'm going to let them grow up and then just decide for themselves. And they say, you know, that is, that's good because, after all, human freedom is a great value. What is it that God wants? He wants our faith. He wants our love. And that is something that has to be freely given. So you see the conflict there. On the one hand, uh, Scripture makes it very clear. Jesus has founded his church upon St. Peter, and he says, go forth, teach all nations, not just let them decide whatever they want to do. He says, you know, whoever receives you, receives me. So he makes it very clear in the Bible that you know, there is one church that he has founded, and that is the one holy Catholic apostolic church. But on the other hand, you have human freedom. And that is central to what we believe. We must give ourselves freely to God. So you see how people get into this conflict. So what do we do? We have to discern these values. For example, we can ask the question, well, really, what is freedom? Is freedom just the ability to do whatever we want? Or is that not rather license? Is not freedom really given to us by God to do what is good, right? That's what freedom really means, the freedom to do what is good, not the freedom to do what is evil. St. Paul says, whoever sins makes himself a slave to sin. That's not real freedom. Real freedom is the ability to do what is right, what is good, the, the freedom for excellence. I'll give you a simple example of this here. You know, everybody... Uh, turn my microphone on here. Everybody is free to play the piano. Uh, we have that freedom. I can play the piano, sort of. There it is. And that is like all I remember about Yankee Doodle. Okay, but now song. I've asked Song to play something real quick here. you see the point, right? <laughs> Which of us is really free to play the piano? Not me, right? Because freedom involves discipline. Freedom involves conforming yourself to what is true and, and what is uh, the, the very nature of things. So, indeed, freedom, when properly understood, is, of course, in perfect harmony with the idea of God's absolute truth, the idea of the one true church. But, nonetheless, when we discern that, we see that, in fact, God's absolute truth is indeed a higher value even than human freedom, because human freedom can be used for what is evil. So, this is what St. Paul means when he says, we have to discern what is of value. 
So this is what we do, really, during the Advent season. When you uh, get ready to go to confession, maybe you're coming to our penance service tomorrow, and you're doing your examination of conscience. What are you doing? You're discerning your values, asking yourself if you're living according to them and in the proper order. Maybe during the Advent season, you're spending some more time in prayer, doing your nightly examine. You're doing the same thing. Maybe when you, in the evening, gather around as a family your Advent wreath to say your evening prayers or whatever it is that you do. Uh, maybe you can have this discussion, especially you know if you have teenage children. Although, truthfully, you can have these kinds of discussions just as fruitfully if you've been married for 50 years. To say, what is valuable to me? What are our values and why? Why do I see this thing as valuable? Do we really talk about those things? Do we discern what is of value in our lives? So again, Advent is a time for doing that. Why? Because that is how we prepare our hearts for the Lord. Again, humbling the mountains of our pride, raising up the the dark valleys of our hidden sins and weaknesses in this way. We prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus Christ.